You're listening to the Mind Your Home Podcast. I'm your host, Mia Danielle, and I'm here to tell you that the number one thing you can optimize to give you more energy and happiness is your environment. If you're tired of the chaotic cycle and ready to feel energized at home with more simplicity, more energy, and less clutter, then welcome to the Mind Your Home Podcast. that I share on social media, inviting people to the free masterclass that I offer. And of the many invitations that I put out there, the one with the most comments has a thread that was initiated by a viewer dedicated to the hardships of not having a partner on board with minimalism or with tending to the home in general. People really resonated with that issue. And I'm not surprised because of the many years that I've been doing this, one of the most frequently asked questions that I get is, how do I do this when my partner is not on board with minimalism? Today, I want to focus on solutions, or at least ways to move forward with your clutter-free endeavors as amicably as possible. Now, I use the word minimalism because that's specifically something that I get asked about, how to get your partner on board with minimalism. But even if you're just looking for a slightly less cluttered space and a slightly disagreeable household, I do think these methods will help. I do think that it's worth mentioning that yes, I am married. Matt and I have been together for almost seven years, and he is very supportive of me living a minimalist life. And he's adopted a lot of those traits himself, even though I don't know if he would actually consider himself a quote minimalist. But there are many things that we've had disagreements about when it comes to our space. I've shared a lot about them on here uh, and on the blog over the years. But here's the thing. Even with those disagreements, we're still able to maintain an amicable clutter-free space that both of us are happy with. And these five methods that I'm going to be sharing with you today are definitely things that we've done, things that we've incorporated into our relationship and communication. And so it's not all just feel-good quotes and theory that I'm going to be sharing with you today. These are actually things that I feel like truly do work and help to keep both partners on the same page, even if one of them is trying to live a more minimalist life than the other. But at the same time, don't expect to see some kind of ninja mind tricks that are going to help you to win over the mindset of your partner and suddenly make them become minimalist. So if you are one of the many people who feels like this is the message for you right now, go ahead and give it a thumbs up and let's dive in to the five methods that are going to help you to get your partner on board with minimalism or at least with you being a minimalist. I'm sure you've heard the saying, be the change, and that totally applies here. In general, people don't know what they want until they know what they want. The status quo, what you're used to, is always going to be easier than something that you're not used to, and honestly, a lifestyle of living with less may be completely off the radar for your significant other. But think of it like french fries. Have you ever ordered fries and asked if anyone wants any, and they said, nah, I'm good, but as soon as you get yours, everyone's trying to grab a few? They didn't know they wanted it until it was right there in front of them, until they could see the fries, you know, they could smell the fries. We live in a world of social proof. We want to see someone else do it first. Think of Amazon. We don't buy things with no reviews or low ratings, right? The best thing that you can do in order to get your partner on board with minimalism or any level of space decluttering is to show them. This is especially true when it comes to letting go of belongings because tons of research has been done on something called the endowment effect, which states that we place more value on things that we own just because we own them. 
The most popular study on this was done at the University of Chicago, where only half of the students in the auditorium classroom were given a red university mug, and then every student in the class was given a survey. So those students who received the mug were asked how much they would be willing to sell it for, and then the students who didn't receive the mug were asked how much they would be willing to spend to get one. Now, you might think, like I did, that the students without the mug would offer up more money due to FOMO, you know, not wanting to miss out on what the other students had. But in actuality, the students with the mug, on average, placed the value at nearly double the price, at $4.50 to the $2.50 of the non-mug receiving students. This endowment effect shows how attached we are to our own belongings for no real reason or logic sometimes. The reason that this is important is because you likely will see some belongings of your partners that seem like utter trash to you, but to them, these things might hold some kind of intrinsic value. So again, it's all about that social proof. If minimalism has never been on the radar, then they're likely not going to have the impulse to immediately ditch all of their belongings, and that's totally understandable. They may also have misconceptions about what minimalism even is. Now, you can force them to listen to your pros and cons or make them watch a documentary with you, but you really can't force change on other people. Your best bet is to be the example and make it a positive experience, not a negative nagging one. This brings me to the second way of getting your partner on board with minimalism or decluttering, which is to avoid friction. Being a solid example of what a spacious and breathable home can look like doesn't necessarily mean that they'll come to agree with you, but the chances of at least finding commonality are greater if the interactions with you around the subject of belongings aren't negative. So that means to stick with decluttering your own areas and never throw away their stuff without their permission. You don't want to betray their trust like that. And also it means avoiding frustration and passive aggressive remarks like, wow, it sure is easier to reach my clothes since my side of the closet is so decluttered. What you could do after you've decluttered some of your own belongings is something special with their stuff as a pleasant surprise. So maybe you declutter a bookshelf and then display their books in a nice display that makes them easier to get to. Just make sure that you're not making any changes that you know wouldn't be appreciated. This is a nice way for you to both share in a newly decluttered space with a byproduct of showcasing the benefits of less clutter. Number three is to find a shared vision, and these are really powerful. I think that the best kind of vision is a shared one, especially when you're talking about a shared space and what to do with that space. So if you both love yoga and coffee, maybe you could share a vision of removing some clutter to make a coffee station or a yoga space. If you both work from home, you might both get excited about creating a new office space out of what's currently the clutter dump room. Shared visions really help to get everyone on the same page, even if your partner isn't at all minimalist. Now, feel free to take this one as deep as you can, because the more personal and heart-centered the vision is, the better. So maybe you both wish that you were spending more time with the kids. Your shared vision of decluttering your dining room could be to make family dinners a priority. So that's something personal and deeper than just wanting a clean table. Working on developing a strong vision is something that I do talk more about in this video on the first three steps to getting started with minimalism. I recommend that you check that out when you're through with this video. So let's move on to number four, which is to stay benefits focused. If the clutter in your home is a source of frustration, arguments, and lost time and energy, which it is for a lot of people, your partner may not directly be aware of that. 
I know. We often expect other people to know our reasons behind things because in our minds it seems so obvious, right? But actually sharing these reasons can make a huge difference. So, you know, share how the clutter is impacting you and the things that you're trying to accomplish. Be open about those deeper impacts that clutter is having on you and what you're needing from your space. Most loving partners are going to be responsive to at least an open conversation, and that can be a good starting point for compromise, if nothing else. Now, when you're doing this, though, be benefits focused, not just features focused. So here's what I mean by that. A feature would be having a pretty space or having a sleek office, but a benefit would be improved focus and mental clarity. Right. So one of those things you're really talking about how it's impacting you on a personal level, you're talking about the benefits that these changes could have on you and on your partner. Whereas with features, you're just talking about the aesthetics, how things are going to look. So next time, instead of yelling about the useless junk that you want to get rid of, explain why it matters. All right. Number five is compromise. It's your friend. Compromise is not bad. It's a good thing. Look, it's possible that your partner will never have a shared interest in going clutter-free. It may be that they deeply identify with having tons of stuff for various reasons. And if it's an actual hoarding issue, that's one thing. But in most cases, it's just a difference in outlook and values. They don't see clutter in the same way that you do. So in that case, there's always compromise. Both of you can lay out your ground rules. You know, it's very specific to each unique couple, but consider playing some zone defense, for example, where the clutter is at least limited to certain zones. You may also need to compromise about your kids, especially if your partner is a big gift giver, like that's their love language is gift giving. Maybe a one in one out rule with the toys would be enough to keep the waters smooth. The important thing to understand, though, is that their lifestyle choices when it comes to clutter don't have to affect how you handle your own belongings and spaces. I know most people with the first sign of friction when it comes to clutter in the house, they just throw their hands up and they're like, ready to give up. Like, obviously, these other people in the house are not on board and therefore I can't. So I think that it's really important to understand that other people's lifestyle choices when it comes to clutter and how they interact with their belongings doesn't have to impact how you choose to interact with your belongings and how you choose to enjoy your space. So compromise and open communication can really help to keep one person's preferences from overshadowing another's, which is always really important when you are sharing a space with people you love. So good luck. I'd love to know what are some ways that you've compromised or some different situations that you've set up in order to make both parties happy inside of a space. Maybe it was something really cool that you tried with a roommate or with a significant other in the past that kept both of you happy with your spaces, even though maybe your approach to your space wasn't exactly the same. I'd love to hear those down in the comments. Now, before I hop off this Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific time is when we're going to be doing the live workshop. So this is a totally free live workshop where I share my holistic clutter-free formula. Also, it's not too late to participate in the live stream series I have going on on Instagram. We did our first one yesterday at one o'clock. And if you're able to, I will catch you today at one o'clock Pacific time over on Instagram to finish this live series that is laying the groundwork and kind of getting you prepped and ready for our big live workshop that we're going to be having on Friday. The link for the free live workshop is down in the description. So I hope to see you there. 